0: Welcome back to the show episode twenty nine Talking comics with James. In this episode, we start going into the most recent Marvel show, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We' just kind of talk about the super soldier stuff, Falcon stuff, uh what Marvel's doing uh sometimes in comparison to d c and how Marvel's killing it and d c isn't again, we're just trying new things for some of the different members of the audience. If you like it, let us know. If you don't, let us know. But we're going to keep doing it anyways. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back again to the Bravo Zulu Podcast. Back on the studio is James... And we're gonna be doing another uh, comic uh, episode here. This time we'll be talking about uh, the Winter uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. What's up, James?
1: What's going on, Podland? How you doing?
0: Uh, Podland is doing good. Where uh, they're about forty strong still, so we're holding, holding, uh, holding the course there. Okay. Um, so yeah. we need to do it like uh, MC Hammer, gaining momentum. <laughs> uh that's a might be before my time there there uh <laughs> oldie. but um yeah no uh so you know we we're talking and um and, and like I said before doing some different things and going to try to keep doing this regular and uh Falcon Winter Soldier is the hotness out there right now uh maybe we'll double back around and talk about some WandaVision cuz that was pretty good and um you know so let's just get into like episode 1 and we'll just kind of play catch up a little bit and talk about some of the actual comic background and then also um some actual real world uh real life uh implications that uh falcon winter soldier is kind of touching on because i think that's pretty interesting and i know you probably have some interesting views and, and you know, more background to how comics tie in with real life Not for sure. yeah so let's kick it off you know episode one kind of getting into the uh Old Captain America's gone, you know, and oh, it, it's Bucky and and Falcon and uh what's Falcon's name? I forget his name. Just Falcon. Sam Sam will. See, yeah, Sam Wilson. Yeah, so uh go ahead, man.
1: Uh okay. So again, you know, Marvel coming off uh the success of uh WandaVision. You know, they it's just so weird because actually, in the comic books, you know, Scarlet Witch or Wanda, Vision, uh, Bucky, and Sam are like bench or like C list characters, right? I mean, they, yeah. they got some shine since the movies have come out, but you know, prior to the movies, no hype, nobody was talking about them. Yeah. And you know, I knew about them, but again, I didn't really care. So, once again, Marvel has taken, you know, characters that you know, we're kind of uh pushed to the backside and put like actually put work into them to where people give a damn. And um, you know, this this whole series just kind of speaks again to Marvel's ability to do that and and the care that they, you know, give to their characters. And when you contrast that with DC, you get the ugh so but (laughs) anyway, um, you know, episode one just kind of starts things off there. And uh, you know, kind of continuing with WandaVision, kind of seeing those characters outside of, you know, the big fight, right? Because that's usually what we saw, It was just the big fight, the boom, yeah. bam, pow stuff. But you have to understand, to, to kind of flesh out these characters, you have to give them some kind of background. So, you know, you see Sam with his family, and uh, you know, his sister, and you know, even in Wandavision, you're seeing you know repercussions of the blip, right? So that was a major thing that happened. But in the movie, you know, they're not going to be able to get to like individual stories or what have you. But you know, now with Wandavision and Winter Soldier, we get to see the big impact of what happened. Because think about it. Half the world's population was gone for five years. Yeah. I mean, just think just think about that. All the like subtle ramifications of that. So you know you get to see some of that with Sam and you know uh, with Bucky it's kind of funny because you look at him at the actor I mean you know it's the average middle-aged looking guy but in character like you said he's damn near 100 years old if not older than that so imagine if you were like you know in your time period I mean the music was different you know people dressed differently you know men and women interacted differently and you know, compare being, uh, you know, swing music from the '40s, you know, that was out then, to mumble rappers now. I mean, just <laughs> yeah. So he, so he's just like like Cap was a man out of time. So you know, plus now you're throwing all his baggage from him being an assassin for Russia and just all this other stuff. So of course, it, you know, it kind of makes sense that you don't want somebody out there kind of just willy-nilly doing whatever so you know the work they did on him in Wakanda and you know kind of continuing therapy I mean it makes sense right this dude has a lot of stuff going on so you know in a nutshell and then you kind of get introduced to uh like I said what they've kind of been doing since uh since you know in game and uh a quick side note we get introduced to a person uh Torres I want to say his name is Joaquin Torres but his uh Sam's little side buddy just, you know, put that little note in the back of your head because uh, that may pay off a little bit later.
0: And, and, and you're talking uh, about that's the uh, Air Force, like, uh, Intel person that's helping him plan the missions and everything like that in the beginning.
1: Mm-hmm, yep, yep, his little uh, his little sidekick, we'll say. Okay. Uh, you know, so all this stuff is going on, and, uh, you know, we get introduced to the uh, Flag Smashers. So, again back in the day, the comics used to lead the movies, right? But now, the movies are leading the comics, but in this instance, you know, Marvel went back and took basically like an f character, like Flag Smashers actually had the issue as Captain America, I'd have to look it up, but basically it's, a, it's a, an old Captain America comic book where on the cover, you actually see the Flag smash because instead of an organization, it used to be a person, right kind of with the same idea of kind of getting rid of you know nations and kind of having a one world situation or whatever but you know this character was just it was like a one off it didn't matter at all and to see them dust that character off and kind of rework them into what they're doing with it now is again you know marvel um so yeah brought up a lot of stuff and uh
0: kind of set the stage you know, let's talk about the uh, the Winter Soldier uh, program it, mixed with the Super Soldier program. Because that's a big um part of this show, right? And I don't think a lot of people, yeah. are, or maybe some do, some don't, but how extensive the Super Soldier program was to the comics and how they're trying to, like, flesh that out to what I believe, you know, um to bring in other comics that have recently been acquired or reacquired by Marvel Uh, what do you think about that well
1: uh, you know comic books are always in a state of kind of reinventing themselves right because once something is written that becomes the current canon or history right but comics are always going back and you know changing things here or there or whatever Um. So, obviously, in the real world, right? uh, uh, You know, these creators take things from the real world and you know, kind of morph those into things that how they want them to go in the comics or whatever. But a lot of this stuff is based in the real world, right? So, when these characters were invented, right? America and Russia were in the Cold War. So, they were the two superpowers. So, of course, you know, the comic would reflect that kind of, you know, state of the world. So, basically, you know, it's an arms race, but with superpowered people. Because, just think about it, if we, in real life, had, quote-unquote, a Captain America or a super soldier, you better believe that, you know, every country in the world would be trying to do the same thing. So you know, uh, the Super Soldier program. And I don't know how far you want me to get into it, but oh, basically I... this series ties into, now again, we can't say what Marvel's going to do, but, you know, people like us like to go ahead and, you know, project and, and guess and all this other stuff. Yeah. But this this series has opened the door for so, for, for so many things that, uh, you know, it's kind of hard not to get ahead of yourself. But the Super Soldier program basically uh, was developed by this guy, Dr. Erskine, back in the 40s, right? And we all saw Captain America, you know, the first Avenger. So he developed a serum, gave it to Steve. Steve became Captain America, but he got killed. So basically, Steve was the only one, right? He was a one-off. Well, mm, not necessarily true. So basically, once Steve, you know, became Captain America, you know, the government was like, oh, man, well, shit, we could use some more of these guys, you know, let's let's try to, you know, recreate this or whatever, you know, we have still you know, a bunch of smart people. <clears throat> so, again, uh, there was, uh, like, years later, like, in the early 90s, you know, and it, it was kind of groundbreaking for the time. Marvel uh kind of gave some writers kind of carte blanche to kind of rewrite Captain America's history. And so they came up with uh, I want to say it's red, white, and blood or something. Something like that. So basically if you're familiar with real history you know, the Tuskegee experiment and various other things. So basically what that was is that the government experimented on black people basically, right? right? To gain scientific knowledge. And that's Not the only time we've done that, you know, a lot of uh, our advances in gynecology were, you know, based off very terrible things done to black women and just a bunch of stuff, right? Right. So, taking that precedent in real life, they put that into comic books and said, Well, hey, you know what? If America wanted super soldiers or whatever and they were running these experiments, who, of course, you think they'd experiment on? Black soldiers, right? So they went through that whole process and, you know, kind of ended up with Isaiah, who makes an appearance in the show and, you know, his role kind of is going to increase, I'm sure, throughout, before it's over with. And, you know, I'm sure we're going to hear more about this. So really, the super soldier, it's not the super soldier program, it's really the super soldier serum. So, off that, if you look at Captain America being the first one the Super Soldier Program actually led into the Weapon X Program or right. the we- Weapons Plus Program. So if you look at that, Steve is Weapon One, right? And then Isaiah is Weapon Two, and it just keeps going. So those are Roman numerals. So this all leads into everybody's favorite, you know, Canadian. Yes. Who is? Yes. Take a wild guess. Wolverine. Ta-da. Wolverine. Logan. Ta-da. <laughs> so, you hear Weapon X being used with him all the time. Well, it really means Weapon 10. So, you know, the government over time goes from like regular humans to mutants to, you know, now they're in Weapon whatever, you know, all kind of stuff, which <laughs> I don't think the audience really wants to get into all that. But
0: no, I so. think the biggest one, and I think the biggest thing is that we are waiting for the X Men crossover, the X Men links. I know every time I'm watching. I'm I'm okay. Is, is this the is this the Easter egg? Is this the the next part? You know, and yeah. especially with this and knowing the little I do know, it seems that we are leading that way to the weapons plus and uh, what's the name, General Ross or or whatever, right? Um, Thunderbolt Ross isn't he part of it or something?
1: No, he's not uh, part of it. Um, I mean, there's multiple you know shady government people right. that were involved over the years, but again, you know, Marvel drops these little nuggets. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're going to do it or they're going to use it, but they're just setting up the world, right? So all, the, so when they, all this stuff, you know, when the X-Men do show up, all this stuff is probably going to pay off, and they're probably going to be like, oh, well, this, that, and that, and that relates to that, which, again, contrasting with DC and how they do stuff is just, you know, it's, it's just a whole different ballgame, how they get to do that. So like we were saying, you know, the Weapons Plus program, so we have that established. We, we know Super Soldiers are there and Weapons Plus and all this other stuff. Um, so now into the Winter Soldier. So real world history, just a little brief deal there. Uh, that's one of the things that you, know, you get from comic books. You know, uh, A lot of people who weren't really into these back in the day were just kind of dismissed comic books as just being you know fluff or you know for little kids but mm-hmm. you know to understand some of this stuff you kind of had to you know research like real world history to kind of really understand like how this stuff actually worked and you know why these people had these ideas so in the real world you know during world war ii the united states and russia were allies against the axis powers mm-hmm. so coming out of world war ii that's kind of when, you know, Russia asserted itself and became a world power. And that's when the Cold War, like, really started. So, like I said, you know, there was a space race, you know, arms race, you know, nuclear arms race. So, of course, there's a super soldier race, right? So, as you saw in uh, the first Avenger, Bucky was lost, right? He fell off the train or whatever, right? So they, like you saw, took him, brainwashed him, gave him a bionic arm, and, you know, off he went. So in Russia, and again, that's another thing that's really good about Marvel. Most of the comic books, of course, are, you know, in English and take place in America. But, you know, America, if, you know, superpowered people existed, wouldn't have a monopoly on superpowered people. And this stuff would be all over the world. So Russia actually was killing its mutant, like babies and kids that they, you know, saw. But, you know, there's a guy, I kind of forget his name, uh, a doctor that said, you know what, hey, wait a minute. You know, all these people showing up in America during World War II, plus, you know, in history, you know, supposed to be superpowered people. You know, why don't we take our superpowered people and you know start using them? So it took that idea and started, you know, kind of rounding up their mutants. And that kind of leads later into Colossus, you know, later on or whatever. But, you know, soldiers are like, hey, we got Captain America. We need our Captain America. So thus creates the Winter Soldier. So the Winter Soldier, you know, also ties into the Red Room. And the Red Room is tied to Black Widow, which we're probably going to get into in her upcoming movie. July night. For the win. So, again, all these things are kind of tied in together. So they're basically pumping out their super soldiers and all this other stuff. So,
0: <clears throat> where, um, you know, in this in the show, uh, Bucky, you know, he's going through the counseling and everything, right? And yeah, there's still Hydra involved at different aspects of the government. He, he's kind of seeking them out. Um I just want to the uh the old Asian guy that he's like helping that in the flashbacks it shows essentially he killed the the son of the the guy he's helping now is there any significance to that or is it just a a part they threw in there cuz it seems like there you know there might be some significance obviously he it was someone that he killed and he's trying to like you know make those things right but is there any other kind of significance to that uh not that i'm
1: aware of uh you know again you know bucky helped put a lot of people in power right so when the when the the hydra purge happened right not everybody was caught because you know there's different levels right you know you may be a local politician that somehow got over to because of this that or whatever and you weren't caught up in the purge so you know bucky's trying to you know kinda of right his wrongs there going after these people. But based off his, you know, therapy, he's not killing them. You know, in reality he probably just killed them. But, you know, he's trying to play by the rules there or whatever. But, you know, he uh he, you know, over the years he's had a long list of things and people he's done or whatever. So, you know, killing that guy's son, you know, that's just that was collateral damage that he just, you know, trying to make right.
0: So. Yeah that's uh I think that starts us off with like episode one, and then we get we got into episode two. At the end of episode one, it debuts the new um, the new Captain America. This like knockoff fucking uh, like Costco Kirkland brand or some shit. I don't even know. <laughs> that dude like he showed up smiling. I was like, this is wack as fuck. But you know, uh, John Walker, this guy. So um, without jumping ahead of ourselves, because the last episode was pretty damn good, I thought. Um, like, who is this cat? Like, where does he come from? Is he just like the next, you know, fucking token fucking captain up to, to wear the mantle and shit? Uh, well, in the comics,
1: uh, Steve has either taken breaks or, quote unquote, been fired from being Captain America several times. And, uh, this is kind of during the time, actually, when Flag Smasher was introduced in, uh, in the comics. He, uh, Steve basically had a disagreement with the government and kind of like how they showed in the movies. The government's like, OK, well, we can't make you do certain things or whatever, but technically we own the shield. And so it came into like them examining what makes Captain America. Is it the shield of the symbol or the actions of the man? And so we got really into that, kind of how the movies, you know, are kind of getting into that now. So uh, you know, Captain America gave up, or I should say Steve gave up the Captain America identity. And he became nomad and you know, various other people over the years. But as we're seeing, just this- taking the name of Captain America doesn't necessarily make you Captain America in the eyes of other people, because that's, you know, years of legacy and just, you know, actions and, you know, leadership and everything that you just can't just fake, you know? So, uh, Yeah, he, you know, in the comics, he has a tough time, too. But his origin is a little bit different there. Uh, It actually ties into the Power Broker, which is in the series. But in the comics, the Power Broker ends up basically, uh, and it's kind of stupid, basically he starts like a superpowered wrestling league because he's like, okay, well, if people like wrestling and we have all these superheroes, well, let's start a superpowered wrestling league. Well, where are we going to get these people with superpowers? I'm gonna make them. So basically, all these dudes become like low-level super strength people that wrestle. And that's where you know the treatment comes for uh John and his actually comic book accurate buddy Battlestar. So the name Battlestar is actually comic book accurate to the uh the person that they Lamar Hoskins that they pulled. So that's literally comic book accurate. Yeah, and they're given really well, Battlestar is given a really stupid costume. But uh, so they try to mirror, you know, Captain America and Bucky in the new Captain America and Battlestar. So that's comic books accurate. They just kind of change how they uh, their origin a little bit. But they're actually there.
0: So what about. um? Yeah, I, I'm kind of like rewatching the episode a little bit, but, you know, I thought it was real funny. You, you're talking about how old Bucky is, right? And yeah. in that one clip, when uh, they're talking about the the big three of aliens, wizards, or uh, or what was it, monsters, or some shit, right? And he and he mentioned how he 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 read Gandalf, or he read about Gandalf when it originally came out in the fucking twenties <laughs> or thirties or whatever, right? Yeah, that was, that was pretty good. But um, you know, talking about the uh, flag smashers and the power broker, uh, do you have any? ideas who the power broker is like within the show are, do you feel like is it something that they might be straying away from comic book accuracy and making it someone else because a lot of people right now i think myself included is thinking it's a old girl what's her name sharon, sharon you know yeah. or the old uh you know niece of the you know captain america was tagging the auntie and the niece you know so a lot of people are thinking it might be her or something because It was pretty crazy how they brought her in, and then, again, as, like, one of those, she was just a a small, like, you know, third-tier actor in the movies, right? She just kind of popped in and played her little side gig, and here she is now in a more main role, and you kind of remember, like, oh, fuck, yeah, she did do, she did steal all that stuff, right, back in uh, Civil War, she helped out Captain, and then she had to go on the run. And after that, I don't think no one no one was looking for her in Endgame or or Infinity War. You know what I mean? But right. lo, lo and behold, she's over here in Madripoor. Madripoor, Madripoor where is it? Madripoor? Madripoor, yeah. And um, like she's fucked. Like she's been fucked for the last, you know, shit. How long is that? Like seven years? Like in in universe time. You Know, like the five years of the blip plus a few years before that, even you know, going all the way back to Civil War. So, do you think it might be her?
1: Well, as of right now, uh,
0: that's kind of where I'm
1: placing all my chips on is it's her because you gotta, and again, you know, Marvel, you know, is really good at showing, you know it's not just all about the, the Bam pow, you know, Hulk smash. It's, you know, these characters, it's like they live in a world and, you know, there's ramifications for their actions, right? So even though as an audience, you know, we see Sharon did the right thing to help Cap and all this other stuff, what have you, you know, we were in the military. So we know if we basically do something against the government or disobey, a, you know, a lawful order, mm-hmm. there's there's going to be a price to pay. Yeah. Oh. Unless by some miracle maybe when the Avenger speaks up for us or something or whatever, but you know that didn't happen. So this highly trained person who probably had contacts, you know, around the world based off her position in Shield. What happens to them when they go off the grid or have to, you know,
0: Fend for themselves. Yeah, run for the life that you know government now wants them. They're not gonna be taken and they're not superheroes. So kind of like, you know, a lot of uh,
1: you know, guys returning from Vietnam that, you know, received all this training, what have you, came back home and, and guess what? Not much use for, you know, a sniper or a ranger or whatever in you know, Wichita, Kansas. Yeah. So you know, there was a big thing with a lot of those guys becoming uh, you know bikers and you know but just a bunch of stuff like that so yeah. uh again she had to survive somehow i mean it just makes sense like
0: you said for her to just pop up in this show like no one was checking for her yeah it was totally surprising i mean it to me it was like almost as surprising as uh quicksilver showing up in wandavision you know, that one a little bit more so because it has a major X-Men, you know, tie in there, at least the character who played Quicksilver. Um right. But this is just a significant, was like, oh, yeah, she was around, wasn't she? Like, where the fuck has she been? It was like that, you know, and totally by surprise. So uh, what they I feel like there has to be some kind of payoff to that. But again, Marvel's, you know, they oftentimes do things and then making you think, you know, the okie doke You know, getting you to look left while you know the right hand is doing something else.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, again, they've totally reworked the the concept of Flag Smasher and the Power Broker, so they're completely off the comics. So my. Now we're just in best guess territory, so I'm kind of like everybody else. I don't really know what the hell's going on. I'm just trying to guess of the clues that, you know, they give us. So, But, you know, just kudos to them for reworking, you know, F-less characters <laughs> and making them actually somewhat important. Um, but, yeah, Sharon, something shady is going on with her.
0: So yeah. You know, another uh, part of it that I'm seeing uh, more and more, especially with this one, WandaVision was very kind of uh... – like railroad track, right? Like there was a story that they're trying to tell and, and you know, the tracks were laid out. I don't know if they really followed, you know, comics so much, but the tracks were there and they were following them. This one. um, I don't know if it's just because the storylines and people involved, but there's a lot more diversity in it, right? Uh Maybe it's because the flag smashers are, you know, from all these different countries and what they're trying to do. And that whole global uh, repatriation council or whatever it is in the show, But you see, and this is why I think it's sharing too, because you see them starting to branch out and bring in, and I know this is a big uh, discussion point of years often when we're talking about it is like there's so many diverse characters that are hardly ever touched or not yet touched right in the Marvel uh, MCU and the landscape of things, because, you know, you got, you had to establish Marvel first and you had to lead with your big, your big guns. Right. And now that they have, and people are well invested into it, now you can start bringing out the smaller, more diverse characters that people are still going to watch now because it's part of the overall theme and scheme of it, right? And, you know, it it would totally make sense to make uh, one of the stronger female, you know, smaller roles into a stronger female lead, don't you think? Part of, like, the big scheme of it, right? Well, I
1: mean... You know, there's been pushback on, you know, kind of, quote unquote sjw in comic books because, again, comic books were of a time and a lot of these older, you know, legacy characters were, you know, basically cisgender white guys, yeah. basically, or cisgender white women, right? So now, either, you know, trying to push the, the, the the diversity that you know comics already had to the forefront or you know creating new diversity we'll say I mean nothing wrong with that plus if it fits the story or what have you I mean just it just makes sense because again you can't just I mean the real world I mean just look around you I mean just every kind of person you can think of out there. So if you have the characters it makes sense to the story, use the characters. So I mean, plus yeah. there's if you have the ability to do it without negatively affecting
0: your story, I mean, just you know, why not? Right. And like I said, there there are within the comics a lot of diversity. It just the the MCU the movie part didn't lead with the lower level the not as popular characters and I think we're starting to get into that especially like when you have Isaiah Bradley you know showing up and they're starting to flesh that out and show that there's this whole history of it
1: well again like I was saying I mean it it, it's not like they just recently invented this you know I mean the red white and blood thing came out like in the 90s so but you can't I mean just logically start there you have to make people, you know, give a damn about Captain America and like his lore and all this other stuff. So you can't just give them, you know, kind of like, kind of like the iceberg, right? You only see the tip, you know, peek into the water, but then you look under the water line, then it's, you know, super big or whatever. So you have to, I mean, make it make sense. Plus, I mean, to be very honest with you, prior to the movies, the Avengers like, really weren't A list characters, to be very honest with you. Yeah. The A listers were the X Men and Spider Man. They carried Marvel for years. So it's just so to show you, you know, if you, you know, have, you know, a decent script behind you and people actually give a damn, you know, could be years, like we mentioned in the last podcast, you know, comic book movies were just kind of like video game movies. Nobody gave a damn. They just put it out and what it was. So
0: yeah no that video game movie thing is a great reference because it's like a uh it's a great like uh what do you call that nostalgia feel right of like oh yeah i used to play that right that's cool let me see how they turned it into a movie i used to read that but now it, it is such a huge you know the biggest fucking movie franchise marvel i think ever right and like we touched on last time too like if if you want to make money for the next 10 years you need to get yourself a superhero part in, in 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 Marvel right like that's that's your ticket to retirement and you know you can make other movies on the side but shit you know Marvel you're locked in for a nice 10 year contract you know and uh anyways you know the Isaiah Bradley part of this uh episode 2 was very I had no idea, right? I, I'd known different people loosely had played Captain America and stuff, but I thought it was very interesting that they brought this in to show that background of Super Soldiers and everything that happened and how it was dealt with and how Sam was totally oblivious to the history of it, right? He had no idea. Um, you know, the uh, the nephew there that's with Isaiah Bradley, uh, he's somebody, isn't he? Maybe. Well, in the
1: comic books, is technically the grandson of Isaiah. I want to say his name is Joseph Bradley. I could be wrong on that, but basically, he ends up becoming the Patriot, and he basically inherits uh, powers from his uh, from Isaiah's genes. So technically, he's not a mutant. It's like his stuff had to get activated or whatever. So anyway, he basically has powers similar to Captain America and then he joins the young avengers which if you look at wandavision and then the previous movies it seems like they're setting up because we're getting a Miss marvel tv show uh we're getting kate bishop in the hawkeye show yeah we know ant-man's daughter is is now going to be grown and the, the leak from the from that uh the next movie is that she's going to become stature and you know try to use the powers to you know fight crime and now uh in the story his nephew or what have you so it, it looks like they're setting it up
0: So, what, what is the Young Avengers are, are they as global like you know save the world or are they more like you know your neighborhood uh, friendly spider guy
1: uh, I mean they literally what they say they're they're, they're a lot of legacy characters that uh, you know that I mean they've been involved in bigger things but you know they're just they're in training to the JV team you know, Wanda's kids in the comics actually do exist and they're part of the team and a few other like main characters. But, you know, they're, they're the JV team, kind of like how, I don't know how, you know, if anybody in Podland knows this, but kind of like how the New Mutants were the JV team for the X Men. And, you know, after damn near 30 years, they finally leveled up and, you know, now getting used as adults. But, you know, just, it just depends on how the Marvel uh, cinematic universe wants to, you know, push this because in the comics there's still basically J V team. So
0: Okay. Um, I
1: because mean, y- y- like in the com- I don't mean to cut you up, but like in the comics there are hundreds of Avengers. So okay, when people okay. say so when people look at you know the movies and see kind of like the the core seven, right? Yeah. I mean there's just tons of people behind that. So like like uh like Monica Rambeau, she becomes an Avenger and all this other stuff. So there's just so many people to get to that you're not gonna be able to use every single person, you know, all the time. So yeah, it's a thing.
0: So uh ne- next episode we got into the it's the power broker episode and we got our favorite, you know, uh dancing <laughs> baron, right? Zemo <laughs> I'm telling you, he's still in the show. He he he's absolutely stealing the show. Um, Zemo, when he came out in Civil War, and and I don't know if I really clearly understood it then, but it started to make more sense now. Um, I you know he's a bad guy, but you know is he necessarily bad? He's just out there to kind of keep the world uh, not super right or not super soldiered.
1: Well, so far. Again, in the comics, you know, I don't, I don't know how close we're going to, you know, stick to the comics. But if you kind of listen to his story, like he told Sam and Bucky that, you know, in his country in Sokovia, he was royalty. He was a Baron, yeah, which is true in the comics. So, you know, uh, royal titles are passed down through history. You know, you know to you know children and all this other stuff. So, in the comics, it's his father who actually fights Captain America in World War II. Uh I think I think his father's name is like Helmet Zemo or something. And the purple mask is like a almost like a crest. It's like a symbol of his family. So that's how they why they wear that. Obviously they changed that in the in the movies, but uh so yeah, basically his whole shtick was he, you know, wanted to kind of take over the world. He was uh, you know, kind of an ally of the Red Skull kind of part of a uh, you know high during Nazi world and all this other stuff. But you know, during modern times, he kind of realized that look, we're fighting a losing battle. So he, he saw an opportunity to basically gather a bunch of supervillains, formerly kind of loosely known as the masters of uh masters of evil, and kind of pull a Trojan horse We'll say on uh, on the public by saying, hey, let's rebrand ourselves as superheroes, get in their good graces and then take over the world. So Mm. he kind of did that and they became the Thunderbolts. And, uh, you know, there were rumors that they were going to try and make a Thunderbolts movie, which would kind of be parallel to D.C. Suicide Squad somewhat. I mean, they they share kind of similar DNA. Right. Okay, okay. So, you know, villains making good because of a reason. Uh, So, you know, what turned out to be is that some of them actually like being superheroes and didn't want to go back to being bad. And it was a whole thing. So, yeah. So, like I say, don't don't uh, don't absolve Zemo of evil plans just yet.
0: Okay, I mean, I I, I mean, besides the vibing, intense vibing in the club, he's, he's a very interesting character. And we did see him pull out the purple mask in this episode yep. right and yep. um I, I didn't know it was like a symbol and that uh, his father had you said his father or grandfather had you know been in world war Two kind of stuff and had those aspirations um but you know he is he is so far very anti-super soldier that's what he's showing to be and you know is like why but besides like the sokovia stuff is it just to keep it keep super soldiers out of it f- so he can be the power player and, and take over or is there like a lot more to it
1: you know again you know comics are a little bit different in the movie so i mean at this point i mean i don't really know how they're playing it in the in the movies but uh in the comics his thing was you know he didn't really like america so i mean i don't know it would, but it would make sense though because you know zemo's a smart guy and uh you know it could serve a dual purpose he doesn't want any more super you know, super powered people plus you know get them off the board to make it easier for him to manipulate and maneuver right so i mean kind of at this point i'm like everybody else i'm just kind of guessing
0: so and then we get into uh that's when we meet sharon down there mad major poor i can't say that word for i got
1: yeah, and, and
0: that was another
1: big you know kind of uh drop Because it had been rumored that Magiapur was going to show up here. Oh, so so is this a place of like big significance? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. So Magiapur is kind of like Las Vegas mixed with every bad city in the world. It's just it's lawless. It's just anything goes there. And, uh, you know, our favorite Canadian Wolverine Mm -hmm. has a big history there. Oh, okay. And he uh, usually goes there under his identity of Patch, and uh, just—I mean, it's just years of history there with him. You guys to look that stuff up. But so, so you see, Magapor, Wolverine just automatically pops in your head. So,
0: what was he usually there doing? Like, this is a little off track—is he there like doing like the mercenary work kind of stuff, or just kind of like when he wants to go into hiding? Well, yeah, he—you know—because Wolverine again.
1: He's really old, right? So mm-hmm. over his lifetime, he's you know mm-hmm. met people and done different things, and you know most people know him from the X Men. But you know a lot of times he goes off on solo adventures doing you know whatever he needs to do, and that's usually where Madripoor comes in is when he is not doing X Men stuff.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, when we when we get out of Madripoor here. And we get into uh, this other character who's re re reinventing or recreating this new uh, formula of super soldier uh, serum. You know, is this a comic book character or is this something added? You know, like what's going on with that?
1: Uh, I mean, not necessarily by name. I mean, you know, scientists, you know, kind of put this stuff together. I mean, they weren't really like significant characters. Okay. So, I mean, he just, you know, was kind of invented for the show, but, I mean, the process, I mean, happened in the comics, so.
0: Was it the same kind of serum? Because, you know, something that stood out w- with with this this show and this serum, like Formula 2, we'll call it for now, is like how he mentioned it, it's not, enhan- like, physically enhancing, um, like, uh, Steve Rogers, right? Steve Rogers ran from the little skinny dork kid, you know, to you know steve rogers the hulking you know fucking dude with his shirt off right and yeah. you know he was mentioning how no like this doesn't have that it just it just has the effect right there's no physical appearance difference you just become fucking strong and, and super soldier so is that like comic book accurate or or you know is there are there liberties there with that uh i mean
1: there's, there's just different versions like i said in the comics uh, John Walker gets his—he doesn't get a super soldier serum. <clears throat> he just gets enhanced. Okay. okay. So techni- technically, he he gets really bulky and like super strong or whatever. But the original super soldier serum that Steve took had so many effects on him. I mean, not just you know giving him. More muscle mass and a physique. I mean, it slowed his aging, accelerated his heat. I mean, it just had a whole level of effects on him. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they can play around with it how they want in the in the you know movies. But another thing they they took out of the movies is that not only was it the serum, it was the Vita Rays that kind of helped stabilize the serum in him that Isaiah didn't get. So, I mean, I guess Steve being in that little metal. Coffin, like a thing, I guess, is maybe their version of saying they got the Vita Rays, but I mean, it, just a little minor detail that they can, they're probably playing with. So I, I don't really know.
0: And, and those Vita Rays, that's, um, I, I mean, I, I've heard about that, but that that's what could lead to Isaiah Bradley being, who fought in like Vietnam, being an old man now, where Steve Rogers was still, you know, young for, for you know, in his 30s looking kind of deal. Because yeah, there's a, plus, a significant, you know, part of the, the reaction missing from this the program.
1: Well, that plus the fact that he didn't get frozen in ice for 60 years, oh, which yeah, yeah, that retarded was. his aging. So, again, I mean, you can kind of play that how they want. So, I mean, I don't know what, which way to go on with it.
0: How bad was Sharon, though, like fighting in all those containers? She's being their ass.
1: Well, again, I mean, she's a trained S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Yeah. So kind of like Maria Hill, I mean, she should be able to kick some ass. So.
0: Yeah, I just thought it was surprising. Cause again, such yeah. a small role and, like, popping up out of nowhere and then giving her this significant, you know, uh, fight scene. Um, yeah, I'm just saying I liked it. I, I thought it was good. I thought it really uh, gave some uh, some credit to her, you know? Well, I think just that small scene itself, I mean, just showed that,
1: you know, you know, us being in the military, the average person that's just walking the streets has no training. He probably doesn't work out that much, and you know, maybe the last fight was in elementary school, right? But if you're a part of some elite organization, I mean, even the the Marines that look like slobs still get that micmap stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <So> yeah. <laughs> they 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 at least have some idea of something yeah so at her level i'm sure she receives some training so that just shows to show you that the average criminal or thug on the street just stands behind a gun does no shit about anything so it just shows you that how dangerous you know someone would be if they had her thing about her training with the super soldier serum like she'd be unstoppable right right so now you just level up and just say well well she's she's unstoppable I mean, how, how good is Black Widow? Because Black Widow has basically a super soldier serum in her, and she's levels beyond Sherry Carter.
0: Does she? She has like a... a some,
1: uh... Well, in the comics. I don't know how they're playing this in the movies, but technically, in the comics, she's a
0: super soldier. Really? Like y- yep. like some kind of formula? Yep. Oh, remember shit. we talked
1: about earlier, like in the beginning, like the Red Room and all that stuff. So yeah. they're going to talk about that in her movie, but... Technically, she's enhanced. Oh wow! So just imagine, like I said, if Sharon Carter can you know kick that much ass? Yeah, that's why Black Widow is on the Avengers. She's like world class; like she kills people. Yeah, and
0: well, fucks them up. I mean, that starts to make more sense because I mean, it was always Black Widow and Hawkeye, right? That kind of stood out as the what the fuck are they doing on the team? You know, yeah. like okay, cool, you know, he shoots arrows and hit anything, and she's an assassin, but. You know, like, other in the than comics,
1: that, Well see, in the comics, Hawkeye is a really good fighter. Okay, like, like he's damn good. But Steve is world class. Yeah, Natasha is world class. Like, she's probably one of the top ten fighters in the world. Like, she, like, she will fuck people up. Okay. So that again, you wonder, like, like you said, like, why are they on Avengers? Who are these? Like, I can get a bow and arrow, and like, yeah, dude, no, you can't. <laughs> no.
0: Yeah, R.I.P. RIP uh, Black Widow. We miss you. Can't wait to have you back July 9th. Well, again, you know, comic books, a lot of things happen. And uh, don't say goodbye to her just yet, I would say. You think they're going to pull an pull a okie doke and bring her back somehow? I don't think she'll be back permanently,
1: but I think that we may see her again. Maybe like a one-off or something, but because you got to remember... You know, the Loki show is going to be going to different, you know, time. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Timelines
0: and I mean, it's just all kind of stuff. Yeah. So just don't say goodbye just yet. It'd be good to have her back in some other stuff, you know, besides the movie, which is delayed as hell. and It'd be cool to see that. So, you know, on to this most recent episode, you know, it kind of kicks off and uh, we see that flashback of six years ago with um, with Bucky, the white wolf. Winter Soldier in Wakanda like doing his rehab, right? Out in the out in the jungle and everything with uh IO A-O, 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 A-O. and yeah. uh you know battling through that to get right and and break those um break those you know those trigger words for him and then we see you know we saw them at the end of the uh previous episode episode 3 show up and and now here in episode 4 they're talking with, the, you know, obviously they got an old relationship. And then later on, we see them show up at the end of the show. And, man, they beat the shit out of everyone in there, don't they? The the <laughs> Dorja Milaje. Like, like you know they're badass from Black Panther, right? Like, it, it, it's, you don't see them fight. You see them fighting, like, in the big battle stuff, so it's not like a uh, the camera's only on them. But it, it's implied, and, and I think, you know, Everyone comes out of Black Panther knowing that they're badass, right? Yeah. And to jump through this episode, though, they show up at the end, and they start fucking everyone up. And I thought, like, goddamn. Like, wow. Like, they're really being the shit out of these people. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of goes back to what I was saying before. I mean, just levels of training.
1: I mean, it's just... You know, there is levels to this game. You
0: know, yeah, yeah, and, and you know, it was an interesting part because you know, this is the episode. Uh, you know, this is all full of spoilers, dummy. So, if you haven't watched it, you better be watching it. Um You know, uh old John Walker, I refuse to. We will call him Fake Captain America, right? Uh You know, he's like he gets his ass beat like handedly. He doesn't even know, like him. Him and old Battlestar don't even know what's happening. They're just like, oh, we're just, I guess we're just here to get our ass beat. Right. Well, Bucky, the only one that seems to have any kind of shot against them. Um, and, and I mean, you could even say that he gets disarmed. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like yeah, 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 that. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. that little dad pun. But, um, you know, he, he, you know, after fake Captain America gets his ass beat and he's like standing there and they're about to roll out and they, you know, take the shield from him and all that, you know, he's crying to his buddy about like, you know, they're not even super soldiers. You know, and and in this episode, we all know what happens with the earlier in the episode when Zemo catches uh, the Flag Smashers and crushes the vials and all that. Like, every, we all knew that it was going to point to, there's a lot of Easter eggs leading up to it, that he did not have everything that Steve Rogers had. Right? A, a, a yeah. lot of things, character-wise, and especially Super Soldier Formula. And now you know he had the chance to to take it, and, and you know he does. Spoiler, but um, you know I, I thought they did a really great job in his buddy Battlestar. You know, telling him like, well, you know, it only makes you more of what you are. Power makes you more of what you are, and and that is very real in real life. And, and, Plus, uh, yeah, the old saying.
1: Power corrupts. Yeah. Absolute
0: power corrupts, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a clown. I'm glad they beat his ass. I don't like this guy. I don't like him at all. But again, you know, it just shows you that, you know, there's there's levels to the game. I mean,
1: just like we know, like, you know, the boxing and, you know, these combat sports, you can have a dude be bad and then there's a batter dude. It just, Mm -hmm. I mean, it just is what
0: it is. Yeah yeah i think they did a real good job with this guy john walker because you know they they start talking about after this fight scene and they're kind of like you know in the little cafe area or whatever and they're talking about he's got three medal of honors um when i was watching i was how's he alive like (laughs) you it's very rare to do you get one medal of honor and and you're living right and he's got three but um You know, you can kind of see like that, that battle worn, that PTSD, you know, like slowly setting in and being exposed as he's going through all of this, you know what I mean? And I don't know if it's like an afterthought for that. I'm sure it's not. I think Marvel doesn't have afterthoughts, but you know, the rubbing of his head, like the all constant headache, you know what I mean? And all that stuff, the stress of it all. You can definitely see some like PTSD vibes that they're trying to send through his character, of, like, the battle-worn soldier who's still supposed to uphold this Captain America, quote-unquote, you know, uh, status, and and he just can't, because no matter what he does, he's failing and it's breaking him down.
1: Well, I mean, you know, that could be part of it, but plus, you know, the weight of trying to, you know, follow the guy. I mean, just look at sports. I mean, you know, we'll take the NBA, right? So, during the 80s, it was Magic and Larry. Then came Michael in the 90s. And then, as soon as he started getting older, people were like, oh, well, who's going to carry the league? Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Uh, yeah. Who's the next guy? Whatever. You know, Kobe was there for a minute. And then LeBron, is just, you know, constant. NFL, would you like to be the quarterback to follow Tom Brady? I mean, think about that. It's yeah. just you have that legacy, and people expect you to just automatically be as good or better than the guy before. I mean, that that's a lot of damn pressure yeah no I, I, yeah i get it and, and there's and there's kind of nobody really there to mentor you you know because you know take it back to the military right to the navy so you have your transition period right it's like current chiefs that kind of take you through the process and kind of show you how to do this at whatever and then you can call back on them like hey bro like you know i got a problem you if you've been there before or whatever he doesn't have that they just say, here's a shield go yeah so I mean, it's and he genuinely like wants to do a good job, but it's just I, I mean, there's levels to it, right? I mean, it's different than
0: being some army lieutenant and
1: Captain yeah. America,
0: yeah. So, and the only two people there that he could you know possibly even try to lean on or anything are Sam and Bucky and they ain't trying to have it at all because they don't, you know, it's like, what are are we doing here? Like, one, Sam shouldn't gave up the shield, as Bucky (laughs) feels strongly about, right? And two, um, like, you're not our friend. Like, don't, like, we don't fucking know you, you know, just because you're walking around with the fucking, you know, your outfit and your shield, that don't, that don't mean shit to us. Like, we don't know you. Um, I mean, just think, just think about how
1: much different his experience would have been if, you know, Bucky and Sam were there to kind of help mentor him and you know kind of show them around but you know like you said they aren't really down with that so
0: yeah but there' you know with with this whole show like we said there there's real life like implications and stuff right especially in this episode it doesn't it also you know pay to the fact of like here's Captain America the arrogant fuck that also thinks he could do it all on his own because of his title you know well, what I mean? I mean- you know, I mean, you know,
1: arrogance is, uh, you know, sometimes misguided confidence. But how do you gain confidence by succeeding at things that you do? Right. So, yeah. Again, in a normal world, he was a highly decorated, uh, you know, to be young and get all those awards and stuff. I mean, that's he's pretty badass, it's, you know, in regular human terms. I mean, you got to give him some respect. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know it's just, there's levels to it. It's just, it's a different world. And, uh, you know, he kind of grew up drinking the Kool-Aid mm-hmm. of, of America. Yes. And uh, when the reality hits him that, hey, maybe it's not so peachy keen or, you know, our hands aren't that, you know, clean, like we mm-hmm. were told. So it's just, he's in for a rude awakening. So, yeah. you know,
0: yeah that, that's how i look at it it's like that right it's it's and that's with a lot of things in life you know especially just us being in the middle you know military and everything like that you often get that too right and, and it's a great reflection of him you know being a prior army captain or whatever now taking up the the whole captain america thing you, if you drink the kool-aid and you don't have actual you know sight of anything like you're you're gonna end up in a in a bad spot here and um what do you think about the end of that episode when, when, you know, he's smashing dude's chest in and, and they hit that, you know, uh, from ground looking up shot and he's standing there all fucking in a daze and you see the shield all bloody?
1: Well, uh, obviously that's not something Steve would do. <laughs> so, you know, there's a, there's a new sheriff in town on that one, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, in the comics, you know, a lot of times when people are given superpowers, it affects their mental status and we've already talked about the pressure of being Captain America. I mean, you know, he's uh in a downward spiral. So yeah. it obviously this
0: does not bode well for his future, so No, that's a uh, that's not a good look, you know. Um yeah. And as it's titled titled the whole world is watching it and he's standing there with a the bloody uh shield you know something uh i i noticed while watching it and, and other uh you know after shows that that i've watched also you know they marvel does such a good job in all the little things right like in, in this episode a lot of times you see like the the side eyes from another cast member or something like looking like when they're talking right it's everyone is involved in the scene completely Right They're not just standing there, you know waiting for their line, like every little mannerism and everything is mean something or can allude to something else and in this shot, you can see it you know obviously everyone's eyes focus towards the bloody shield, but if you watch the whole scene and you're watching the whole character, you know you see his off hand like his left hand like twitching right like he like it's just it you know like it twitches like like you know he, he has his shit going wrong in his head, you know what I mean. Well, I mean
1: and, I, and I, keep, I hate to keep saying the same thing over and over but that just goes to Marvel uh, you know great casting you know picking good actors yeah uh, you know good direction given to the actors you know and it kind of just all goes back to Kevin Feige I mean he doesn't necessarily hands on do every project but he picks people and empowers people that are talented kind of gives them a sandbox to kind of stay in but you know in that sandbox you know you get to play you know how you want yeah yeah and uh you know when you when you pick these people it's because you trust their vision right for for the characters and for the scenes and you know whatever they want to do and you just let them execute again yeah. unlike uh another
0: company that doesn't like to do that and uh yeah so yeah dc horrible 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 warner brothers but yeah man that catches us up through this whole you know falcon winter soldier and you know i think there's only like two episodes left so we'll come back after those two are done and talk about it more and see uh see what else gets dropped on us and what, what where are we going from this and well, um, a little
1: quick note uh yeah loki loki comes out in june so oh yeah i'm really excited about that
0: do, do you think that one's going to be so so wandavision did this thing right yeah, do you do you think it's gonna be? J- I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to ask because it is that like that that time jumping. You know, it's supposed to be him grabbing the 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 cube from in uh, Endgame, right? Or Infinity War? And no, it was Endgame, right? Yeah, when they did the time no, jumping. Actually,
1: or? well, yeah, Endgame is when they did the time heist yeah. and jumping around. <laughs> but he grabbed that after uh, the first Avengers, so. Again, you know, them kind of closing plot holes and kind of, you know, going back and, you know, because everybody was like, well, if Loki can just, you know, bounce out or whatever. And, you know, during Infinity War, we got that big speech from the ancient one to Bruce Banner about timelines and affecting them. So, again, just look how they're tying this all together. Like, we're going to make sense of this in this show. And, uh, you know, kind of early leaks we know that there's going to be a season two. So basically like another season of Loki. So obviously it's going to be pretty big and has, you know, a lot of stuff to do. So,
0: yeah, I'm just, I guess I'm a little lost with what that one, like what the implications are going to be, because he hasn't been around for that long. Last time we saw him, we saw him during the time heist where he, where Ant-Man, you know, knocked out the cube, he grabbed the cube and then he vanished. So it's like, is it picking up from that spot? And, you know, or at, you know, last time we saw him was actually in like current timeline was dying by the hand of Thanos.
1: Well, yeah, kind of like you know, it, like time travel gets gets a little cray cray, right? You know, in in the MCU at least, he, there can be two versions of a person, but they're from different time period so that's a different time in your life like yeah. like 18 year old you is completely different than you now it's just you're just in different places in your life different experiences 18 year old you didn't have a family wasn't married didn't have responsibilities yeah now you're you just got different stuff going on so that's kind of like loki loki kind of somewhat redeemed himself a little bit and then he got killed by thanos like he, that that loki's dead like he's gone yeah so so this Loki hasn't had that growth, so he's still just an asshole.
0: Right, so, right, right, right. He's still just just fresh out of New York trying to take yes, over the world. So, so kinda like they showed in the trailer, like he's
1: backstabbing this asshole.
0: So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It looks it looks really good. It looks like it might be the better one. Um I don't know if because it's more like gonna have the more magical, uh, even though WandaVision was that but it's more based in you know in in, in right but now not in the magical world but
1: but here just think about these shows right you know wandavision was basically dealing with grief yeah you know this is kind of like dealing with the concept of patriotism and like yeah i mean it's just a bunch of things uh history like what 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 does history really mean if it's not all known. Like your history is mm-hmm. fake because you don't know the real thing. Yeah. Here we're dealing with, you know, time. Bear- I mean, it's just, just look how different this stuff is and the quality that we've gotten. I mean, yes. It's just, it, it, you, you know, they spent money on it. Like you can tell, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it used to be that, you know, movie actors didn't want to, you know, portray characters that they did in movies on uh, television, but, you know, Marvel, but, you know, yeah, it was, it was looked down upon basically. Right. Because once you make the move from TV to movies, you never really wanted to look back. Yeah. But Marvel, and, you know, we can say, you know, game of shows like game of Thrones and stuff like that have changed that whole dynamic to where like people, you know, can kind of go back and forth, whatever, and not take hits to their, uh, you know, their credibility or what have you. So you know, just, it's just a good time, man. And then we've got, you know, Black Widow, July, coming out. So, I mean, stuff's getting rolling. They just started shooting She-Hulk, and they're getting ready to start shooting Moon Knight soon. So, just look at the quality we received already, how good those shows are going to be and how different they're going to be. So, it's a good time. Hawkeye is already shooting. They may have actually finished shooting. So...
0: Yeah, there's going to be, you know, w- with COVID coming to a wrap, hopefully, and, and movie theaters getting back into schedules and stuff, you know, we're back into the full phase, what, phase four of it, you know, big swings, and these these series here are holding us over pretty well, I, I like how they're, you know, they're not dumping them all at once, it's, you know, hey, division, couple weeks break, next one, couple week break, next one, and You know, each one is only about 45 minutes of actual, you know, runtime. But when you get six or eight episodes of 45 minutes, it feels like it's been a three, four, five hour movie, you know. And again, it's that there's a big difference. There's a huge difference between watching movie and TV. And this just feels like you're watching a movie, like the production level and everything. Just the the, the scene setups and it, it feels like just the edited movie into several pieces. And I think, uh, a, as per norm for the last 10 years, Marvel is crushing it. And I can't wait to see what they're going to be bringing forward for phase four and, and more TV shows and everything.
1: Yeah. And like, you know, I just, I hate to be that guy, but,
0: and then there's DC. So, yeah. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> right, James, let's take this out. And, I uh, appreciate you stopping by again. And, um, Lending us some of your time and talking about this stuff. And like I said, we'll, we'll wrap up the next two episodes of uh, of Falcon and Winter Soldier. And then, you know, maybe we'll jump back into WandaVision or uh, maybe by then we'll be ready for uh, Loki. Thanks for stopping by. So, everybody have a good one. For more information on how you can support the podcast, please visit us at anchor.fm backslash Bravo podcast. The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of Joshua Moore and the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent the DOD, DON, or those of the respected institutions or organizations. Thanks for joining us.